The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with Sondra Bernstein. We have got a cool show today. I am super excited, and we have an amazing selection of cheeses in front of us. But there's a twist. (laughs) (laughs) There is a twist. You're excited and I'm still scared. (laughs) I think that's a very similar feeling, though. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Just really excited to introduce Miyoko and Allison, who Mm -hmm. we had from uh, Uppercase T not that long ago. Um, We are, I wish you could see, we'll post this on social, but... Allison made us the most beautiful cheese plate with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven cheeses and some and butter and it's butter absolutely beautiful and figs. I appreciate the figs. <laughs> um, but we are actually talking about vegan and uh, Miyoko's ve- vegan cheeses and what makes vegan cheese. And obviously, you know that I eat everything <laughs> from <laughs> nose to tail. Uh-huh. Um, so I am definitely in for an adventure today. Um, I think Brian's has been a little bit more, you've had it more, I think, in your house. Well, well I didn't know that until last night when I told my wife that Miyoko was coming on the podcast and, and I said, yeah, and I, you know, she ha- does this and this. And she said, we've had that before. It's been in our refrigerator. You've eaten it. You didn't know that it was vegan, <laughs> which yeah. is uh-huh. actually That's really awesome. cool. So yeah. She, yeah. Was, she was like, duh. Yeah. Well, it did get to, um, you know, I, I have to say that I did taste through most of these and they're really delicious. I'm really pleasantly surprised and excited as well maybe now more excited than scared but anyway welcome thank you for joining us thank you for coming back of course well thank you for having us we're delighted to be here yeah so why don't we start from not the very very beginning of time but when did this happen well this all happened about um well we started about five years ago and I had written a book in 2012 called Artisan Vegan Cheese, which was uh, published and became a cult classic and um, went on the speaking circuit. And people kept saying, oh, my God, I love your cheese. But the I, you know, art of fermentation and aging and brining is such a hassle. Can't you just start a company and, and uh, then I'll buy your cheese? Um, and I had no intent. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had a lot of businesses but I had no intention of ever going back into business. I had a nice, cushy life, Aww. and you know, I just didn't want to do it. But eventually, um, I ran into my old buddy, um, an old competitor when I had another business named Seth Tibbet. He's the founder of Tofurky, which is another scary vegan company. I know. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't have know. Have had that I mean, before. Just imagine, you can eat nose to tail, but would you ever touch Tofurky? <laughs> I, mean, I, so I don't know. I really okay. don't know. <laughs> it's just interesting. I'm just how, being yeah. honest. No, I get it. But anyway, I ran into him and he said, you know what? Why don't you start this company? Your product is great, and I'll be your first investor. And that was what gave me that—that that was that vote of confidence that I really needed to get back into business. And I launched it, and uh, you know, in September of 2014, as an e-commerce business. So really, four and a half years later, oh, that's uh, so we're smart. in in 12,000 stores across the country. We're the fastest-growing uh, cheese alternative company in the nation. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we've won a lot of awards, not just from vegan awards, but we've won, uh, for example, from the Fancy Food Show, uh, Sophie. Fabulous. Um, I was recognized Couple of those. Last, this year as mm-hmm. uh, I got a business leadership award from the Fancy Food Association. Wow. So, you know, this is not just about veganism. Um, well, it is, mm-hmm. but it's really about how to... Uh, the, the products are really about how to elevate the vegan lifestyle and to make it acceptable and not so scary for people like you. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, how, why, okay, this is my biggest thing. Why are we calling it cheese? Ah, that's mm. a very good question. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, there's regulatory issues about that. And a lot of people uh, that are not vegan or that are from the, from the dairy industry are asking that same question so in the very beginning i didn't call it cheese what did you call it i called it cultured nut product Mm -hmm. because the cdph came into my office and to my business and they said well what are you going to call this product you can't call it cheese and i i stuttered and i said uh i'm going to call it cultured nut product and so that is what was (laughs) it's not very sexy no it's not sexy at all in fact (laughs) nobody goes into a store and says excuse me but where do i find the cultured nut product and so even though it was kind of like a cult secret only the vegans knew about the cultured nut product. well especially Mm -hmm. if you're doing e-commerce and i think that's That's incredible and Mm -hmm. so we didn't have cheese on the website or anything but we went live on a friday afternoon by monday morning we have fifty thousand dollars in orders so it was very very clear that the demand was there now just think about it it's not just for vegans there's a million people out there more than lactose intolerant that have uh, milk protein allergies they are allergic to casein that's also huge uh, and then there's all the people that are trying to reduce their cholesterol or or whatever. So oh, it's wow. not. Oh wow! So the cholesterol. There is no cholesterol. No cholesterol. There's no cholesterol in, in plant products. It's, oh. Cholesterol is only found in animal products. That's okay. It. it doesn't exist in the plant kingdom whatsoever. So there's so many people that have a need for things like this. And so even though we didn't call it cheese, everybody else recognized it as cheese and called it cheese anyway. And finally, about a year ago, we got bold and we decided when we were rebranding with Allison's agency, um, we said, you know what, we're just going to call it what it really is. Basically, we make it like cheese. We culture, we make cashew milk and then we inoculate it with dairy cultures. We bring down the pH, we age it, we brine it. We do all sorts of things just like dairy, except we've applied some new technology to it that we created. And so we just decided everyone recognizes it as cheese. It has the functionality of cheese. It has the flavor of cheese. The butter has the flavor of butter, has the functionality of butter. You can bake with it, cook with it, do whatever you want with it. And so we're just going to call it what we think it is. We are redefining cheese. If you can make cheese out of cow's milk or sheep's milk, and it doesn't matter what kind of milk you make it out of, why can't we make cheese out of cashew milk and call it thus? So, so we decided to do that, and that's con- what we're doing. Controversially, controversially, yes. Now we are hearing things about the dairy business as well, telling people, Calafia and those people, mm-hmm. they can't call their almond milk almond milk. That's mm-hmm. right. That's so, right. do you think that'll affect you or? Maybe, yeah, it, well, it already not. has in some ways. In Wisconsin, they mm-hmm. they are pulling our butter <gasps> off of shelves. The DATCP. So it's interesting, the Department of Agriculture, uh, Trade, and Consumer Protection uh, apparently got 
consumer complaints, quote unquote. Probably one. Well, they got two, yeah. and oh, okay. one was the one, yeah, one was the dairy industry, right, of course, and the other was Milkweed Magazine, which is a magazine of the dairy industry. Ay, ay, ay. Um, and there's actually consumer complaints saying, "Hey, why don't you have the butter? Why why did you pull my favorite right, butter off of shelves?" Right. So well, we're getting a good. lot of those. You can really get, um, mm-hmm. yeah, some right. uproar mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. consumer. Advocacy. And I, I understand the, you know, I understand where their complaints are coming from. But the fact of the matter is, uh, milk sales have been declining since the 1970s, before the advent of a product such as ours or Calafia or anything right. else. Um, and so it's something that's been going on for decades anyway. Um, we are such a small percent of the dairy cheese industry right, right now that we're really not a threat. There's other things that are going on, like the large CAFOs and other things. And also just consumer tastes have been changing. So they are steering away. There's 1.4 billion pounds of cheese that's stockpiled in the United States right now. And as you know, the dairy industry has been dumping milk. It's just in storage. (laughs) They can't sell it. Yeah. Because consumer tastes have changed so much. Right. And if you look at any kind of market research, you'll find that sales are just declining. And, you know, it's not, it's really not us so much, but people right. are the, just, yeah. so things it's are evolving. It's just evolution yeah. of food yeah. Yeah. and the food, food system. Changing. The food system is food, changing. Food system is changing. I mean, it is, it is really exciting. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, we added almond milk to the girl in the fig about, a year and a half ago because I wasn't drinking cream anymore in my coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still there. I think every once in a while it's not going to be there when I order my latte, but it's still there. And so, I mean, I think even, you know, like stubborn business people like me, you know, we're seeing that people are changing. They're asking for a lot of different things. And even though, I don't think we can accommodate every dietary issue and every concern. I think that it's responsible for us to, <clears throat> excuse me, start, you know, thinking more progressively about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, we don't really think of it entirely as a dietary issue. Um, right. I'm just thinking yeah. lactose intolerant yes. or gluten-free. Mm, and so really mm-hmm. addressing those. I don't, I definitely don't look at your products as like this is a dietary substitute at all because mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it is, tastes, or looks like. But in the restaurant, you would have more people that would say, excuse me, <clears throat> I can't eat any gluten, I um, mm-hmm. celiac, or Fish, you know, or, lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. You know, and so <clears throat> those are the things that we're used to hearing over the past few years. But this wouldn't come up unless mm-hmm. we were ve- more vegan focused. I mm-hmm. believe because people are more yeah. It's like, it's like the chicken before the egg. Vegans aren't going to your restaurant because they don't see those options. Right. But they would if they saw them, right. and then it would then you would start seeing that transition, right. and you would start attracting a whole new set of customers. I think the statistics are that ten um, percent of international travelers are vegan now. Wow. Um, so if you think about just leaving 10%, I mean, we rely on international travelers here quite a bit in mm-hmm. Sonoma and in the wine country in general. Um, so even just from a business perspective, it makes a whole lot of sense to try and um, to serve that market. Right. And the yeah. National Restaurant Association called 2018 the year of the vegan. 
And they said mm-hmm. that more and more people are asking for vegan options. Even steakhouses are adding vegan options. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a study showed that 30, over 30% of restaurant diners would order a vegan option if it were available. But for the, oftentimes it's, it's just not available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But imagine, you know, if you've got lactose intolerant people, you could just right. substitute these cheeses for mm-hmm. the regular cheese mm-hmm. right. in your cooking. I can easily you can, see us adding, yeah. you know, a vegan cheese plate. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or yeah. using our winter mm-hmm. truffle for like a ravioli or something, right. mm-hmm. which would be incredible. You know, it's a mm-hmm. no brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And potentially it doesn't even have to be called vegan. No. Unless no. somebody specifically says i'm vegan remember we did that dinner right you know that was a little different but we did the whole dinner Mm gluten-free and nobody even no one even knew well at the end like a ding dong i had to tell everybody i'm like just fyi you know Mm -hmm. we made a whole gluten-free dinner tonight like somebody wanted some money back i think oh my gosh (laughs) they felt cheated somebody was really mad i didn't didn't get get their their roll bread wow but um yeah, but, but this is it was great yeah it's really yeah. cool mm-hmm. and the thing is vegans veganism is on the rise so i think it was 2014 it was like one percent of people in the united states would would say that they were vegan it's gone up to i think something like six or seven percent would claim right. that they're yep. eating vegan um and it's higher among uh millennials millennials and uh, generation whatever z x x and y yeah and sometimes it's not z even y, it's sorry. not it's all for different reasons too it's ethical eating some people it's health benefits right um so it's it's a for a variety of reasons but we definitely do see more and more vegans um i work at uh, the fairmont at the sonoma mission inn mm-hmm. and when we were doing the nine course tasting menu we were able to do that successfully nine courses vegan but i was telling allison that um my my least favorite part of it was the cheese. We were serving this fromage that was like soy based or something. And I finally tried it one day and said, I would never, I would never eat that. Oh wow. But trying but these, eat, yeah. I would eat these. Yeah. I, I would eat these normally would, just because they taste this good. in my fridge, but I'm not eating really crackers right now. So mm. what am I putting it on? Celery sticks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or just ma- blending it into some of your recipes that you would mm-hmm. normally eat, like your risottos, your pastas. Mm-hmm. Ah, it goes great with fruit, like yeah. apple slices, yeah. pear oh, slices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that go I great. I mean, see. you know, it would yeah. even go well with yeah. this. This could be enjoyed the with, toast, let's say, this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. This is an apricot, and I'm putting our garlic herb uh-huh. on it. And I think, um, to your point, Brian, a lot of people mm. are um, addressing it from the environment as well. Right. So the right. environmental impacts. I think if you look at sort of a breakdown of the types of individuals that are looking for a diet um, that is dairy-free, you could look at the millennials who are doing it mainly for the environment. Um, Then you've got your boomers who are aging and doing it for their health. And then below that, what's really interesting are the kids. Kids in the Gen Z and Gen um, Y are really right. doing it because they just love animals. Right. And they're, I think they're growing up making their own choices now with my, that generation, my generation who have had kids and their kids have had kids. They just are able to make more choices. And when I grew up, it was like, you know, eat what's on your plate and that's it. That's all you're going to get. That's what yeah. you're given. But nowadays, I think kids are way more thoughtful. Right. And when they're thoughtful, I think they, they have a, a raised 
level of consciousness. So it's kind of interesting the reasons why people are choosing to seek this out. Well, and some, you know, some vegans have an agenda, whereas some people are, they just happen to be vegan because it's a personal choice that they're making. But then there's, there's people like yourselves that are actually part of organizations that are promoting veganism. So it's a, it's a little different thing. You've got a, probably a short-term goal and a long-term goal um, in mind. You want to talk about some of that? Sure. Here's the long-term goal, which is also the short-term goal. And this is something that you know I've been hearing about on NPR for the last two, uh, few days, and, but people still don't want to talk about it. We have about 11 years left on this planet to start reversing climate change. And everyone wants to talk about all the scandals and everything else. But the fact of the matter is nothing really matters. The economy doesn't matter. Um, scandals don't matter. Who's in office doesn't matter. None of that matters if we get reverse climate change. If, yeah. if in 11 years, you know, time, I mean, if, if we have 10 billion people on this planet and sea levels start to rise and we're going to lose 1 million species over the next few years if we don't reverse this. Oh, 1 it's, million. We've it's lost horrible. We've lost more animals in the last species in the last 50 years than ever in human history. So it's absolutely critical and people don't really think about this. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I heard um Cory Booker, Booker the other night talking and he was talking about love and and it's such a it sounds like a sermon, but it's so important that all of us as individuals operate from a place of love and compassion. And when we do, we we start making choices that impact, that don't adversely impact the planet or animals or our own health or other human beings. And and that's really where, what veganism is about. Veganism is really about love and compassion. It's about respect for all, respect for the planet, respect for animals, respect for human beings. Um, and, and, and not causing harm. Now, the, the part of me is I want to play devil's advocate slash dumb guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what are we doing with all these animals then? If, it's, if let's say short term, you say, mm-hmm. okay, everyone switches to veganism. Right. Where are all these animals going? What are they doing now? They're just sort of roaming around. We're still supposed to feed them or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, we made them, so we should feed them. Right. But if we stop in our, uh, we stop uh, artificially inseminating them. Their populations are going to decline quickly because they, you know, they're not just getting. You can separate the bull. You can separate the the bulls from the um, the females, the um, the cows or the heifers, and they will stop populating themselves and and with their life lifespans. You know, in the next twenty years or so, their populations they'll self-regulate. Themselves. They'll self-regulate. Yeah. Um, there are lots and lots of sanctuaries that are taking animals in. Um, there like could be you. economic, like, like me. You. Like <laughs> what are, are, how many animals do you have? We have about 70 at Rancho Compasión. We just took in two two-month-old baby goats that were uh, found running around um, some railroad tracks up here in Sonoma Aww. County. So mostly farm animal, we all, animals? Th- just farm animals. That's okay. all we have are farm mm-hmm. animals that e- were either, uh, you know, for whatever reason, um, FFA kids that decided to give up their animals because mm-hmm. they didn't want to take them to slaughter um, or... Um, or dairy cows that were going to be put down, etc. Mm-hmm. So um, there are not only sanctuaries, but their natural lifespans will self-regulate. Um, there could be economic policies that could be put in place to help farmers transition to new crops, and and that's part you know that's where the farm bill comes in. We're subsidizing. Mm-hmm. 
uh, crops that primarily go, we subsidize crops like soybeans and corn. And what most people don't realize is that 80% of those crops actually go to feed livestock. They don't go to human consumption. They're not going to ethanol. They're going to feed livestock. Um, And so we are subsidizing animal agriculture. And that's why uh, meat and dairy are so inexpensive. They're artificially kept low. So if we were to divert those funds to actually support small farmers transition to crops that are sustainable um, to grow uh, food actually for humans rather than for animal Mm -hmm. consumption, we can make a huge impact and we can start restoring family farms that are now have been taken up by CAFOs and factory farms. What's a CAFO? CAFO is a concentrated um, animal operate. Uh, uh, it's a concentrated animal feed operation. There you okay, go. Okay, <laughs> there we go. I, I got my, my So like yeah. no basically fact that's right it's just basically factory factory farms that's what it is Mm -hmm. and and we've gone to that system and we could reverse that we make these economic changes and people don't realize that there's actually um, tax laws that incentivize factory farms that incentivize the growing of monoculture Mm -hmm. and we so we have to change that economic model it doesn't support family farmers or small farms and they have no choice but to be in bed with the CAFOs, with the factory farms. A lot of them are in debt. You know, they make, the average farmer makes $30,000 a year. That's not a lifestyle. Right. More, factory, more family farms are closing than ever in history. Right. Um, they're, they're sort of indentured servants. So why don't we change the economic model to incentivize uh, farmers, get rid of the CAFOs uh, that are doing huge damage to the environment, to human health, to animals, um, and help the farmers transition slowly from animals to crops. Right. Mm-hmm. Question. Mm-hmm. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a cashew tree. I can tell you about them, and I am actually going to Vietnam at the end of the month to, to see, uh, to visit our farms. We're also doing a social service project where we're installing toilets in the schools of the farmer's kids. Fabulous. Um, but anyway, a cashew tree is a very, very sustainable tree. They require no water at all, now no the, irrigation. Hold on a second there, yeah. because that's what, I saw that on your website, mm-hmm. and it really surprised me, because we're sort of told around here with um, um, up near Chico, with almonds and right. pistachios, the amount of water that's being used yep. is yeah. excessive. And so when I saw zero on there, it I had to... Kind of yeah. do a double take. Well, yeah. well, that's because cashews, almonds, you know, are growing, growing California. in a in California in a where, desert in a desert, <laughs> right. which is not the place where almonds should be growing. No, uh, but cashews only grow in tropical climates. You can't okay, grow them so here. You, huh. So you have to import. We import them. Okay, and I'll tell so you, everybody yeah. pretty much has to import them. Then. That's right. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yes, they're all imported from places like Vietnam, Brazil, which is where they're originally from, mm-hmm. Africa, India. And they require no irrigation whatsoever. It's just rainfall. And you can grow about, uh, the lifespan of a cashew tree is about 50 years. Mm -hmm. As opposed, so in other words, it's it's productive cycle is for 50 years. Whereas for a cow, the productive cycle is about four to six years. And then then they go off to slaughter and you have to replace the cow. Um, That's why they have what's called replacement heifers in these little igloos that you might see all over Sonoma County. They're raised in isolation. But with a cashew tree, they produce up to about 6,000. We can make 
about 6,000 pounds of cheese from one acre of cashews per year without any water inputs. Uh, compared to, for example, a dairy, um, an organic dairy where you need about 10 to 12 acres per cow for them to, to free range, you can only make about 182 pounds of cheese per cow, per acre. So uh, we actually did wow. a life cycle analysis. We hired You're a very we, smart. We, well, we hired, <laughs> so we did all this. We did this analysis. We actually hired a we hired a life cycle analysis company to do, you know, for a cradle to grave of our products versus dairy products. Mm-hmm. So in other words, from the tree to the import, actual import crossing the ocean to get landing on the shelf, we found that our products skew by skew or product by product. Was were ten to fifty three times lower in greenhouse gas emissions than their dairy counterparts. So this is validated scientific evidence about the sustainability of cheese made from plants and the water use of the cows too. There, I mean, it's it's about eight hundred to a thousand gallons of water that's required to make one pound of cheese. Right. Is that, wrap your head around and that. How do you when you make cashew milk? What are we adding to that? So we're adding water. Okay. Um, so, so, but it stays in the milk in the right for uh, the way it solidifies from the the starches that are in the cashews. The water doesn't come out. So to make um, one pound of cheese, for example, you might add about um, a quart of water, and it stays in there, and that's it. Interesting. Right. That's all. That's that's it. So how big how big is a cashew tree? It can get pretty big. I haven't actually seen one in real life, but I believe, okay. you know, from what I understand, it can fill up this entire room oh, wow. um, with cashews. So, And then uh, is it in a pod? Well, no, what it is, there's actually a fruit. It's attached to the cashew apple. So that's another reason it's sustainable. There's a big fr- piece of fruit called a cashew apple, and the cashew nut grows at the end of the apple. Wow. And Only you can one actually, per apple? it's one per apple, and you can eat the apple. What so, does that taste like? I've never had one, but I'm oh, hoping you're to gonna come w- back on. Well, and yeah, actually, bring them back no, for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't be able to because the right. harvest time was was is oh. uh, earlier in the in the year, mm-hmm. and so I'll be going in February. This this time we're just going to do the social service project, so we'll be seeing lots of toilets. But right. actually, we won't be seeing toilets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be installing them. They don't have any toilets in the school, um, but we'll see. I will see the tree. And right. I will see the processing facility. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't ever remember seeing a cashew tree. I mean, and I wonder because like peanuts come from the ground. Yeah. But cashews and almonds <clears throat> and like the almond is in a pod. Like yes. I love ripe, mm-hmm. um, raw almonds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. love you know right from the tree. Um. So. It, how does how do the prices um, compare to cheese? Well, these are very competitive to higher end cheeses like Cowgirl Creamery or Point Reyes Blue. Okay. Um, so one of these wheels, six and a half ounce wheels, sells from between ten and twelve dollars. Oh my God! Brian's showing me a picture. Of I've a never seen that before. Apple. Oh no. yeah, that's a cashew apple. I've never apple. seen one either. Yeah. This is yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's very erotic. It is, it is kind of erotic, <laughs> I mean, isn't it? I, I, it's I, extremely that's erotic. Usually his his yeah. like dialogue. <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> that is that's true. Weird. I would agree. She just like outed you there. It's a little yeah. strange. Yeah. Um, wow. One exploding oh, penis cake, and I and now. Oh. I'm, 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 
<laughs> branded for life now. I had to say it again. One, yeah. one time. I'm sorry, Michelle Heston. You're so funny. <laughs> um, so, okay. So they're one pound. So no, you were saying the price. So oh, yeah. six and a half ounces. And they're 10 to $12 or so. So, you know, it's sort of in the same price range as... Mm-hmm. as uh, so we... but. And then, of course, the, the the stuff in the tubs. We have these pub cheeses. We mm-hmm. well, we call them roadhouse cheeses. Uh, we can't call it pub cheese, but it's similar. It's something that you'd have with a pretzel and a glass of beer, as opposed right. to a glass of wine. Right. And these are, I believe, six ninety nine. So they're lower in price. We have these cream cheeses that are five ninety nine. The mozzarella, I believe, is seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine. And then exciting, but we have some new products that our food scientists have developed that are once again made in the traditional fashion of fermentation and all of that stuff. But these cheeses will be at a lower price point because they're made from beans and potatoes what? and oats. So they're made from ingredients that that are very sustainable. Beans add, legumes add nitrogen back to the soil. Um, you know, I just read this article in the Point Ray's Light about an old dairy farm um, out in Point Reyes, a historic farm. And back in the 1800s, it actually started out as a farm that grew thousands, tens of thousands of potatoes and beans every single year. And what I often hear from farmers is, well, you can't grow anything out here. It's only good for cows. And it turned out back in the 19th century, they grew all kinds of crops out there, potatoes, beans, oats, wheat, Mm-hmm. So apparently it's very, very possible to do that. And it would be really exciting to help supplement the incomes of some of the farmers by growing some of these crops that mm-hmm. that we could use as supply chain in for a local. our new line of cheeses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and these cheeses will be a lower price point. And we, what we want to do is make, we have a new cheddar. Uh, it's really exciting. It's got some very interesting ingredients in it. It's uh, the combination of ingredients produces a cheddar-like flavor even though it has no flavor added to it. Like there's no so-called right. cheddar flavor added to it. And a lot right. of those ones yeah. do. They yeah. add like flavor to And then we also have a pepper jack that we're rolling out. Um, so it's really, mm. we're going to be launching these later on this fall. Wow. Um, potatoes, legumes, and oats. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Now, do you eat the Impossible Burger? Um, I have had it. Um, you know, Once? No, I've had it a few times. Okay. Um, it's not my, you know, cup of tea. Cup of tea. Um, <laughs> no pun. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> hey, watch yeah. it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm really. I think both Allison and I. I don't know, Allison. I think you like the Impossible Burger, right? No, no? you don't like it either. It's too much like a real like burger. A real, like a real it burger. It grosses yeah. me out. Yeah, yeah. kind of. I okay. feel the same way. Yeah. But I think we're also both more like we like food that's more whole foods based mm-hmm. right that's organic not we're overly not really processed oh, not overly yeah. processed we're not really into no but i am happy i will say yeah. though that i'm happy that they're available me too because i, I think totally it's really agree. important that mm-hmm. people have that alternative Absolutely. and that that it is changing the way people mm-hmm. eat and it's helping them with their health and the environment and animals and all of that so i'm yeah. i'm thankful that they're doing what they're doing i i i just personally don't necessarily like the flavor right yeah 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 i i i'm not doing that i'm not tasting one of those i just can't <laughs> i tasted well, I cheese mean, I'm it's not just interesting that. that you're willing to eat anything nose to tail but you won't eat these i know i know i don't know i can't because uh-huh. excuse me it was made in a laboratory yeah mm, yeah, yeah yeah that does not work for me right yeah yeah, yeah. food 
It should, should be made be, in a kitchen. In a, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so I'm looking at the mozzarella package, and there's eight servings, which, wow, that's mm-hmm. a big serving. Mm-hmm. Eight servings. Well, I think that would be a lot if I ate one serving. What are you doing with it? If you're well, doing not, a, well, if you melt oh, it I guess pizza. if you're on a pizza or a caprese, but yeah. right. one, so one ounce, seventy calories, which is not bad at all. Seven grams of fat, zero sugar, one gram of protein. So protein, it's not. These aren't like keto. Like people wouldn't go, oh, I want keto. Yeah, yeah but so I mean, it depends on the cheese. We are. For example, um, this cheese, well, the smoked farmhouse. Is this how these come in that box? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's how these okay. come. Wow. The, so the smoked farmhouse, I believe, has four grams of protein. Okay. So, so some of the some other of cheeses have, have more, more. Have more. Okay. Um, and that would come from the cashews? The cashews, yeah. 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 Wow. Um, so the mozzarella, so because fabulous. it's made from melting, has a higher percentage of mm-hmm. fat. Um, so they all differ slightly nutritionally, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's the same thing with dairy cheese, you know, right. some cheeses that are going to be higher, like triple cream cheese is going to be lower in protein, right. higher in fat. Right. Whereas if you have like a cheddar, it's going to be higher right. in protein, et cetera. Right. Like, you know? and even, you know, just on like watching your weight, people would right. say eat like super aged Parmesan right. versus, mm-hmm. you know, brie. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to think of all the reasons why I shouldn't buy this. Uh-huh. <laughs> because right now I can't think of one. Um, they they really are delicious. I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised. Did you try the smoked farmhouse? That is the you know, most robust. Oh, you're not okay, a smoked person? Okay, I'm not a smoked person. Oh, then, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it wouldn't, but is it, are you using a natural smoke? No, we smoke it. Oh, you it actually goes into smoke a, it. It goes into a giant smoker. It's like wow. a room, and it gets smoked. Wow, so there's interesting. No, there's no natural flavor in any of this, mm-hmm. in any of these. Yeah, Do you want to talk about your facility? Yes, yeah, I yeah. Know so all we, about yeah, it. so you know, this really did oh, start wow. out in a kitchen, in my kitchen at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. What was your first product? Um, well, these cheese wheels, the the ones wow. that are on the platter that uh-huh. are in boxes, uh, we launched with ten of these skews. Wow. So that was those are the first products. And then we introduced the butter and the mozzarella, and then we introduced the the cream cheeses and the roadhouse cheeses. But these these did start out in a real kitchen, and then we uh, got a small prototype facility in Fairfax in Marin, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was very small. It was about 4,000 square feet between office, warehouse, and and, uh, the actual production facility, and we made small artisanal batches. They were handmade. They were 40-pound batches of cheese. And we maxed out after uh, about a year and a half, a couple of years. And so we started looking for a bigger facility. And that was the biggest challenge was how do we actually scale these products up? Because we just didn't know how cashews reacted. Now, I'll, I'll give you an interesting story. No one has ever written a book on how you make cheese from cashews except for my book, but not on right. a large scale. So there was no process engineer right. who knew. Nobody did. Yeah, there was no one to go to say, how do I build this facility? Yeah. What happened in Fairfax after we built our little tiny aging room, which was maybe, you know, maybe 600 square feet or so, and we had all this cheese in there, we started seeing all this, uh, you know, we had some galvanized steel in there, and we, we started to see this white powder and then rust, and we were like, what's going on here? And we had no idea, and we researched it, and no one knew what it was, 
and you no one knew why it was happening. It was just a, it was a brand new aging room. Mm-hmm. And it turns out when you age cashews, uh, they emit large um, large amounts of of uh, acetic acid or vinegar into the atmosphere and that was causing all the rusting. Interesting. But who knew that because you know <laughs> there's no book that's ever been written about it. And we had to research it ourselves. And so we ended up having to gut out the entire aging room, <laughs> rebuild it from scratch with stainless even though we were about out of money at the time. So that, that was pretty that was uh, not fun. Um, but because of things like that when we built our 30,000 square foot uh, facility in Petaluma, we were like, well, how do we really do this? And it was really trial and error. Um, you know, but now we have a, um, uh, a largely automated facility. Uh, we can produce on certain lines up to 1500 pounds an hour. Um, wow. so it's just far more automated, but there's still human, you know, there's still human mm-hmm. intervention mm-hmm. in it. Um, but when we first started producing there, things were not turning out at all. The first couple of months were extremely scary and we would make the, these fresh cheeses and they would turn out like soup oh and they didn't solidify like they were supposed to mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going on uh so it took a long time to kind of figure out what processes we had added that were more automated that were just messing things up and we managed to figure it out and correct them it was love wasn't it it was love, <laughs> love. and compassion <laughs> yeah that machine just wasn't you yeah. needed to turn the love level up yep <laughs> I mean, we, we've gone through some of the stuff with our product line, converting it from our kitchens and then taking it into a larger facility. Um, you know, that large mm-hmm. equipment just doesn't treat it the same. No, it really doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just reduction time and right. expansion and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's always fascinating. Yeah. But I would imagine you built this facility. Is it totally green? Uh, totally close. green. It's as green as it can get. Now right. we're we're renting um, the the building, so right. you know we, we, we're so limited you, in terms of right. what we can do with the energy there. We did hire a. Uh, we're going to be a certified B Corp in a couple of weeks. Oh, fantastic! Um, and we've taken a lot of uh, measures. We just hired uh, a sustainability um, PhD to come in to be an intern this summer to green it as much as she can within mm-hmm. the constraints that we have. Very exciting. Um, yeah. Now, can can I ask a question? Why do you think that most vegans are women? Mm. Can is I that answer that? Tr- is that a real statement? I think it's 79%. It's around 80%. Is it, is, I thought uh, it was a little lower. I thought maybe it was like 60s something. Yeah. You mean why are we the majority? Yeah. Oh, because we're the ruling race. I mean, that's who we yeah. are, right? We I mean, do you really have to ask that, Brian? Yeah. You just have to look at your wife. I should have you know thought about my situation well. before. <laughs> You're outnumbered here. We're just more enlightened, you know. <laughs> no, I think personally it's because, um, you know, I, well, I mean, I, I, my whole business is built around women's rights and women's issues. So I've thought about this a lot. And I think that women by nature just have a certain level of compassion and empathy um and i think that goes along with you know the vegan movement um we think about others we take care of others before we think about ourselves in general and i think it's just a natural way of life and i think it's more fitting maybe and i think so many mothers yeah and they care about their kids and their Mm -hmm. generational right you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's interesting that um among the top 10 cities 
where that have the highest rate of vegans. Also, six of those cities happen to be in the top 10 cities of most well-read people. Mm. Interesting. Words, Inter- what's number vegans one? Vegans are just so smart. <laughs> Portland and Seattle, definitely. Um, LA, New York, Detroit, but um, also um, San Diego um, mm-hmm. is on both lists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just, Where is San Francisco on that? Uh, San Francisco is Does, not on the not vegan on the list. list. Wow. No. San Francisco That's is not very vegan friendly. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I would say the whole mm-hmm. Bay Area, especially the North Bay, yeah, it's right. not super it's, vegan friendly yeah. at all. Really, yeah. is that no. true? Mm-hmm. Well, there's no vegan restaurant up here whatsoever. Mm-hmm. In Marin, there's one Veggie Grill. It's not that's not super good either. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. sort of a fast food joint. Right. Mm-hmm. Santa Rosa is um, pretty vegan friendly, but it's um, there's a couple of vegan restaurants up there that are small mom and pop kind mm-hmm. of things. But I think things are changing. I mean, I think that. Um, people are starting to recognize even just from a business level that they have to address it. Um, but overall, yeah, I would say that the Bay area is way behind. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you think about New York, LA, London, um, England, it's gone crazy. Germany, Germany has gone crazy. Europe in general. Um, but maybe it just goes back to, I don't know why we're so far behind here in the Bay Area. It's really sad. Well, I think it might have something to do with what Miyoko was talking about as far as subsidizing farmers and and products. Mm-hmm. That when you've got a lot of money behind something, pushing something forward, pushing that agenda, it's not you don't really want to... I mean, think of the, the food pyramid that they used to teach yeah, us in school that was do. completely whacked out right. and that had to do with you know mm-hmm. let's let's Large make sure and sell some corn yeah. mm-hmm. right absolutely what yeah. about did you ever eat regular cheese oh yeah yeah i was a huge cheese lover until my my early 20s okay when i went vegan and yeah, big time cheese lover so when you went vegan was there a specific something that happened it was primarily for health reasons at the time. I f- finally figured out why my stomach hurt all the time. Okay. So when I gave oh. up dairy, my stomach stopped hurting amazingly. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm of Japanese extraction, clearly. But most, uh, 80% of the human population globally has a lactose intolerance. Right. Because um, we're not really meant to drink well, milk. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's yeah. interesting because... If you had said no, mm-hmm. I've never had good cheese, be like, wow, how did you create really flavorful cheese? But I think that your past, it influences what your products are. Oh, I, I got I yeah. That was the hardest part. I bet. I was like, how do I... How do I pass by? You know, in fact, yeah. I was a cheating vegan for a few years. So were? I was at a party. <laughs> oh my God, and there's if I a saw thing? this, uh, a yeah, cheating I was a cheating vegan. vegan. <laughs> there was like this beautiful plate of mm-hmm. a cheese platter and my favorite brie or something or or Cambozola or something. I'd be like looking over my shoulder. Like, the vegan here is going to like, like call the vegan police on me. <laughs> <laughs> and have you been vegan your whole life? Yeah, I went, I well, I stopped eating meat in 1988. And then I went vegan in the year 2000. Okay. So there was a gap between, for me as well. It's just, I think everyone's on their own journey. And right. I grew up on cattle ranches. And so I've seen a lot of stuff. And um, <laughs> I grew up around animals my whole life, primarily farm animals and horses. And so it just shaped my perception around food. 
and I've always been a huge animal lover. So for me, I stopped eating all of that for animals, but now, you know, it's 2019 and we're facing this, you know, catastrophe with the environment. So it's even more, it's shifted a little bit for me. Like I'm really, my crusade has shifted a little bit. Becoming Um, more of an activist. Right, right. And what is it that you're, is there anything that you're missing? So if you switch to a vegan diet, what are, what are you, what are your what, numbers looking like? If you know, I'm thinking if you go to the doctor, you know, um, while you're eating meat and then let's say you, you go vegan so six months later, go and I want, I'm, I'm curious what the numbers look like. And do you have to supplement with iron or something like that in your diet? I no, mean, plants are amazing. I think there's a, you know, who pushed the whole protein thing was a lot of the meat industry we don't need as much protein as people think we do and we get tons of protein in things like kale and broccoli and you know plants and so uh, nuts and fruits and everything so i don't know what do you want to say about that well all the animals that we eat if you think about them where do they get their protein they're all vegetarian all the the largest land mammals in the world are Mm -hmm. all herbivores they get all the protein needs from plants um, and in fact, it's, it's I know, a very, it seems very, such yeah. a simple statement. And I'm like, I know, how do cows get so big eating grass? Well, I know. Because there's lots of protein in grass. I mean, strangely mm-hmm. enough, calorie for calorie, there's more protein in plants than in meat. So calorie for calorie, there's more protein in broccoli and romaine lettuce than there is in meat. But there's fewer calories. It's not ounce for ounce. It's calorie for calorie. Right. It just means you have to eat more of it. However, according to, if you look at the USDA's guidelines for protein versus the World Health Organization's recommendations for protein, they're radically different because according to the World Health Organization, a woman only needs about 40 grams of protein. And the USDA will say that she needs at least 50% more. Um, And the average American gets twice as much protein as they actually need. And it can be bad for you. Oh, it's very bad for you because we have one of the highest rates of osteoporosis in the world along with the Scandinavian countries. Too much protein? protein Because what happens with protein is that your body has to alkalize it so it pulls calcium from the bones. So it doesn't matter how much calcium there is in cow's milk, you actually can't utilize it. The fact is... Countries that have the highest rates of dairy consumptions also have the highest rates of hip fractures and osteoporosis. Interesting. The countries that consume the least amount of, of dairy or don't consume any dairy have virtually no hip fractures or osteoporosis. So if you look at Singapore, a lot of the Asian countries, a lot of the African countries, they just it's it's something that doesn't exist. They right. also don't have heart disease, they don't have cancer, diabetes. they don't have diabetes. Um, and our diabetes rates, especially among oh, children, crazy. are skyrocketing because of the food that we eat. Right. And a lot of people want to blame sugar because that's easy. Right. But the fact is, we're also eating a lot more dairy and meat than we did, let's say, at the turn of the twentieth century, the nineteenth century, twentieth mm-hmm. century. If we go back to the nineteen hundreds, mm-hmm. the average American ate about four pounds of cheese a year. Now we're eating something like 44 pounds a year. Wow. or something like that. So, Same thing with meat. You know, yeah. It was a condiment before. You couldn't afford to eat it all the right. time. So for most of human history, we ate predominantly a plant-based diet because meat and dairy and or were condiments. They were mm-hmm. something that you had once in a while for a right. special occasion. It wasn't something you, know, you could eat every day. Mm-hmm. Right. They were expensive. What about ice cream? 
What about ice cream? There's so what many non-dairy. Oh eat? my God. Oh, there's God. so many. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sweet Scoops makes ice cream with my tea, by the way. Vegan ice cream. So Wait a minute. Really? Where, where is that? Oh yeah. Is that? Sweet Scoops downtown. We should go. We'll go there after okay. this. Oh, downtown yeah. Sonoma. Yes. Yeah. Okay. On the square. Oh, she's amazing, right? Yeah. So no, they make amazing and they use almond milk. They use soy. They use... You can I use think cashew, done, yeah. you can use coconut. My wife There's eats so uh, Bliss, the coconut so she, oh, yeah. Bliss. She yeah. orders Bliss, coconut, coconut Bliss. Bliss. She doesn't order it. She I just mean, buys she it buys. at Oliver's. Yeah. Really <laughs> There's one called Not, Not A Moo, which is fantastic. They're, really, they're out of Texas. They're, they're uh-huh. great. Yeah. There's so many. I mean, Halo, they, Halo Top. I've had Halo, that. Halo Top is vegan. Yeah. Yeah. God, we all got excited about yeah. ice cream. I know. My skin, my facial mask was vegan that oh, I used last oh, really? night. Oh, good. I was. I'm only surprised because it like mentioned that it like was I vegan. Went, yeah. Well, it's that's just kind like of a, a thing beauty product. That, well, yeah. I mean, think you know, cruelty free. I and mean, this is why right. it's going to change so rapidly. If you think about it, 15 years ago on 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 beauty products, you know, when uh, one of them showed up with that cruelty free. Um, symbol and people were like what does that mean mm-hmm. and now everything is cruelty free and mm-hmm. now they're beginning to add vegan to it because right. they're realizing that consumers care mm-hmm. the same thing is going to happen to food mm-hmm. we're only about five ten years behind and i guarantee you in about five to ten years this is not going to be the minority this is going to be the majority and mm-hmm. it sounds scary but cargill did a study and they predict right now Milk alternatives represent about 14% of market share of the fluid milk well, category. It's pretty substantial. Yeah, I mean, if you go into Oliver's or any store, yeah. there's a huge section huge of non-dairy section milk. Mm-hmm. Well, they they predicted that by 2025, I believe, uh, plant-based milks will be will be 40%, not 14%. So they're going to, and then so it's just around the corner wow. when they're going to become the majority. And not the minority because they're growing at you know, nine ten percent annually, whereas dairy milk has been declining in sales. So it's inevitable mm-hmm. that they're going to actually take mark a huge you know, majority mm-hmm. market share away. The same thing's going to happen to plant-based cheese, which have been predicted to be a uh, a four billion dollar industry by twenty twenty four. Are there any other brands that are out there that you like? Yeah, there are lots of other brands out there. And so I think vegan cheese can be categorized as two different types. There's the the kind that I would call processed cheese, sort of like Kraft Singles. So you you see the slices and shreds. There's lots of those. And those are simply made by combining oil and starch um, and then adding flavor. That does not sound good. So they're not yeah so they're not fermented or aged or any of that when you said does that constitute cheese can you call this cheese i would say that that would be non-cheese yeah well they're just like how some of the cheese on the market's non-cheese it's like got all kinds of fake colors and flavors and i think that's a misconception too is that a lot of people don't realize that cheeses aren't always right real right 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 so so there's that group and then there's um more and more people coming out of the woodwork making so-called artisan cheese, artisan vegan cheese, right. um, of which we're the largest. Um, there are many others that are just much, much, much smaller and maybe just distributed locally in their region. Okay, uh, there aren't any other national brands. There um, there's one called Tree Line that's oh, yeah. national, oh, I've seen but that. they're pretty. They're they're much smaller than we are mm-hmm. um, too. Um, I think you. I think yeah. the way to characterize Miyoko's would be that. 
the reason why you are leading is because you are able to take artisan mainstream on a massive scale. The scalability of what she's doing, I think, is what's the most remarkable. There mm-hmm. are artisans out there making incredible vegan yeah. cheeses, but mm-hmm. the scaling of it is what it's a you've Just nailed. Like we had. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I a lot of restaurants yeah. are making their own, and you know, you can mm-hmm. buy them in small, you know, batches, but you can't get you them can, at yeah. your local yeah. grocery store. For There's example. an incredible uh, little cheese shop in Vancouver. Uh, mm. that I just went to called Blue Heron and, and, she, and the, she she came out with a whole platter of cheese for me and Aww. she had some lovely, lovely cheeses. Um, and then there's an Italian, all vegan Italian restaurant in Los Angeles called Pura Vita and she makes all her own cheeses for her all her dishes and they're phenomenal. So there are lots wow. of people doing it these days. Um, the know-how is out there and mm-hmm. so many creative uh, people out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about wine. Mm-hmm. Yo! Oh my God! Well, we're wine gonna talk about cheese. wine and not drink wine. <laughs> hey, no, is it twelve yet? <laughs> well, here's so so. I've told Sandra this story before, and I, we would have vegans come in and do the tasting menus. They do seven or nine courses, and they would do the wine pairings. And I always thought it was strange because I'm into wine, and I knew what they were filtering the wines with, and so I never, I didn't know if it was my place to tell them hey, do you know that they're using egg whites or they're mm-hmm. using fish emulsion? Because I, I mean, I wanted to sell the wine pairing, but right. I didn't know if that was my place to educate them on that. So I started looking into it a little bit more and there are products that are being used. You know, Walt, um, um, you're familiar with Walt here right. locally. So they're doing a, a, um, a vegan alternative. There are different ways that you can go about it. And um, there's a cool website called Barnivore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can go on and they will actually give you a list of the wines that are that are vegan friendly. That they um, know of, yeah. That they know yeah. of. I think Vouv Cl- yeah. if you're a champagne drinker, yeah. uh, Vouv Clicquot, I think you're good to go on. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I have, yeah, I Domaine have, Carneros yeah. and Gloria okay. Ferrer. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have a lot okay, of... Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll list them on my Wine Country Vegan site. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just got a list from my friend Michelle oh, cool. Rolmont, who does vegan wine country tours. Here. And the list is it, is it a national list? Is it a local? It's what is, local. Okay, perfect. That's what mm-hmm. I was looking for. I had to mm-hmm. kind of scroll through a lot yeah. of stuff to yeah, get. She to, does a lot of tours w- between here and Napa, and so she just sent it to me the other day. And I thought, can I repost this? And she said, absolutely. So I'll get that out there. Okay. Well, well that's another really interesting thing because about ten years ago, I remember calling up a couple of wineries and asking them if their wines were vegan, and one of them said to me, hell no, we're not vegan. <laughs> and I mean, that's exactly the word that came out of the, the guy who answered. And so anyway, yeah. so I asked to speak to the winemaker and I said, do you use isinglass, which is the fish uh, stuff, or egg whites to, to fine your, or clarify your wines? He goes, no, we don't. We use bentonite, right. which is a clay. Um, and so the guy in the front who answered the phone, who used the word hell, which I thought was interesting, um, <laughs> you know, clearly didn't, didn't understand what he meant, what that right. meant, because it wasn't a thing. But more right. and more now, you're actually seeing vegan on bottles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'll see it at um, Trader Joe's here in Petaluma. Mm-hmm. They have um, the little vegan symbols where the wines are now, like mm-hmm. with their little fun right. stickers that tell oh, you what cool. they are. Oh, cool. Like the gluten-free. They do that yeah. in Oliver's. Everything's right. just a little GF in front of it. Yeah. So, you know. right. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's becoming a thing yeah, yeah. because people who, i mean vegans look can have beautiful cheese mm-hmm. and beautiful wine yeah. and still stay well true. you know on yeah. that note you know who does a really amazing vegan tasting i haven't done it yet is um single thread 
Okay. And um, and then of course um, you got French Laundry that does I think either vegan or vegetarian tasting menu now. So vegan tasting menus are a way I think that you can really bring in another whole market for restaurants up here in Sonoma. Yeah, I, I think there's a misconception in it. I don't think it's here in California or in New York. It's not a, it's not on the edges. It's possibly in the middle that their idea of a vegan is probably a real skinny guy with pale skin <laughs> yes, that's right. driving around a Volkswagen bug that's running on soybean oil or right. something. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not because they're not getting face to face with people like yourselves you guys i i wouldn't pick you out as vegan in a lineup <laughs> well, well don't okay. i look good for 85 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay I, i'm on this is what have won okay so let me tell you this uh the united states has only sent one person to the olympics for the, uh, last actually the last couple of years for olympic weightlifting his name is kendrick ferris and he's a vegan wow so uh, anyway yeah that's how it is. I mean, there are there's a famous ultra runner, one of the most famous in the world, uh, who is uh, Scott. Why am I blanking? My mind has just <laughs> gone out the window. Um, he he was in uh, Born to Run, mm. and he's vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many athletes. Uh, you know, Ky- Kyrie Irving just went vegan. Um, huh. There's an entire football team that's gone vegan mm-hmm. um, because you know in order to perform better. There are more and more athletes that are going ver- uh, vegan, mm-hmm. um, and, for, and lots of uh, actors and actresses as well too. Mm-hmm, in Hollywood, right. it's mm-hmm. it's very very big. Well, I yeah. think you know that's where we're going to see mm-hmm. more things and more restaurants. You know, adding more mm-hmm. options and more food products, and I think supply and demand, you know, brings around a lot of stuff. And you know, it's not even just the vegans that are going to demand it. There's a lot of these uh, reducitarians, right? And flexitarians. Flexitarians. What's a flexitarian? So a flexitarian is somebody who eats meat and dairy, but they'll choose certain days or meals that they don't eat meat or dairy, right? But and they wouldn't classify the themselves as yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. I think it's about thirty percent of the population, right? right. Now. And so it's not just vegans mm-hmm. that you would be catering to. So let's right. let's break it down. Well, why don't you break it down, Miyako? You've got all the well. I, d- I don't remember the statistic. This one we'd have to ask our marketing director who studies the, those segments. <laughs> but it is about I believe uh, vegans are about six percent, and then you have the flexitarians that are about thirty percent. So these are people that want to eat healthier. You know, you know, maybe they they go to the gym and they, they want to just lessen their their uh, animal product intake um, from time to time. So mm-hmm. they're trying to eat more vegetables. You know, you know those people mm-hmm. that make mm-hmm. smoothies in the morning. And, yeah, right. But um, like I do that, but I yeah. do it unconsciously. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably you're a probably a flexitarian or yeah, a reducitarian. I mean, if you're not a yeah. diehard meat eater, saying no, I, I need to have my bacon I, no, and eggs every morning no, and a ham no. sandwich yeah. for lunch, then you're you're, yeah. you're yeah. A flexi- one of those yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Sandra Flexitarian. <laughs> um, and then what was the other one? Flex- Re- reduce-itarian. What's a reduce-itarian? They're just trying to reduce. Okay. Their, like, I don't know if they're doing it for health or what have you, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. know what that title means. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, right. names you floating think out about, there. So, yeah. yeah. And then lactose intolerant and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like that's that. a pretty big population considering yeah. that most Asians, African-Americans, Hispanic, and even whites are lactose intolerant, except for uh, people from the very, very north of Europe. Right. 
the Vikings. They, the Antarctica. Mm-hmm. They can eat yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They ate a lot yeah. of yeah. whales and seals. And, yeah. Um, so I actually, the last time I was in London, I did notice quite a bit of vegan. Yes. Uh, it's actually, it's and vegetarian, yep. which was really cool. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Now, how about the American Cheese Society? Have they opened up a category for you? No, we did approach the California Cheese Guild, yes. apply for membership, and we were declined. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's a there's a there's definitely a lobby that's out. I wonder to if you should apply every year. We, that's an interesting yeah, thing and yeah, then we could see do that. what year they'll well, yeah. accept you because well, talk about talk about the fda thing that we did about um whether they they wanted to know if consumers were confused oh okay yeah. so the fda this is has, on the same line right. yeah you're talking about when we're talking about regulations and right. lobbies yeah, it's and called things. St- yeah standards of identity so the you, the fda has what's called standards of identity that say what a food is or isn't not for everything but the standards of identity were created in order to prevent consumer con- confusion. And it has something to do with, I believe, when margarine first came out. Oh. Uh, and they wanted to prevent people from thinking that it was butter. And so these standards were adopted. And so there are standards for thousands of different foods. And then there are foods that don't have standards. But anyway, cheese is defined as a lacteal secretion of one or more healthy cows free of colostrum and goes on and on and on and on. Technically, according to the standards of identity, you can't even call goat cheese cheese because it doesn't come from a cow. Hmm. Sheep and goats are not included in the standards of identity, interestingly enough. Um, However, because of the interest in plant-based cheeses, uh, the FDA decided to re-examine the standards of identity and decide whether or not to include plant-based cheeses and other cheeses. And what they did was they put out uh, a request for information and they opened up uh, their, for public comments basically last year, uh, extended until January of this year, where the, com- uh, the, the public, they asked the public, what do you think of these new fangled vegan cheeses and are they confusing to you? Do you know that they're actually, uh, not cheese, it was just all dairy, like right. milk and all of that. Are they confusing to you? Do you know what they really are? Have you ever bought them uh, thinking that they were made from cow's milk, et cetera? And they got, uh, I believe, over 10,000 comments and um, something like 96.3%. I can't remember the exact percentage, but it's above 90% um, of people said, no, they're not confused at all. They know that when they buy almond milk, it comes from almonds and not cow's milk. When they buy uh, a vegan cheese, they know it's made from some kind of plant and not from animals. Um, so uh, they're now reassessing the comments and they're examining the comments. And I'm a member, I'm a founding member of the Plant-Based Foods Association, which is a trade association uh, that was founded four years ago to represent this industry. And as part of that, uh, we went, we had a meeting with the FDA a few months ago and talked to the, um, the interim commissioner, because Scott Gottlieb, the commissioner, resigned. Um, and they basically just said, well, it doesn't matter how many comments were pro uh, you know, your stance. Uh, we don't really do it based on the number, you know, the ratio of comments. We do it based on some other whatever. I'm not really sure what well, they're... Why do us I, I have no confusion. idea. Confusion. Yeah. yeah, so we don't really know. They said they're probably going to issue some draft guidelines. We don't really know what that means. Uh, nothing's come out yet. But um, 
you know, there's stuff going on. Um, the uh, senator from Wisconsin has introduced a, introduced a bill called the Dairy Pride Act, which was to uh, make it impossible for products such as these or dairy or non-dairy milk to be called milk or cheese or whatever. Uh, but that would change the standards of identity to include sheep and goat's milk and other mammalian milk. Um, so, you know, there's... there's um, there's stuff going on in, in Congress uh, and the FDA right now um, that's trying that have large amounts of industry money trying to support their industry and and bring ours down. And I just it really really strongly feel we're really not the threat. We're not trying to bring anyone down right. whatsoever. We are just trying to make our products and consumers have to decide, you know, right for food, themselves, for themselves. Food is evolving just like automation, like, like, auto, like transportation evolved. Well, you know, you know in some ways, I mean, I love this line that making, you know, cheese from cow's milk is similar to making, um, you know, uh, energy from fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. Eventually it's going to get to that stage where we're going to have to reexamine the food system. There's going to be but we, we're not eventually. We have to do it now. Yeah, we have we to have do to it now. Like we're going to run out of food in 2040 yeah. if we not, continue down this road. So here's the thing: I you know is um, is that we want we have to reinvent the food system, but we want the good life. We everybody mm-hmm. wants the good life, mm-hmm. which is what these cheese how these cheeses come into play is that we're trying to elevate everyone's lifestyle. Uh, but still be sustainable. We have to start thinking about the greater good, mm-hmm. which is instead of just the good life, we have to think about the greater good life. Right. And when you really think about how you can live for the greater good, and st- uh, you can actually really have the good life. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can enjoy right. your food and you can save the planet at the same time. Mm-hmm. So consumers actually can impact climate change. Consumers can impact whether or not we actually have a planet to live on, whether or not we can feed nine to 10 billion people by 2050. Mm-hmm. How do you see that actually like playing itself out? You know, like in, in real life, like do people just stop buying meat? Like when I buy meat, like I love animals and you know, I think about it, but I go in the market, I'm like, well, it's already dead, it's already there. Mm-hmm. You so know, if I so don't let's, buy can it, we just talk about yeah. it for a second. Let's mm-hmm. let's just yeah, think go about back. it. Okay, so you love animals, yeah. And, but when you go in, you say you. But reckon, I love plants, and I think love, plants are living things too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're. But we don't yeah. know. Yeah, we don't know. But we don't know. I think are. they they grow, they move, they mm-hmm. you know they grow out of the ground. They have um, so like. Can that's you have like, a relationship with a plant? Oh, people I do. I do with my people trees. Sing. <laughs> well. People sing to their plants. They grow better. People, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, some people do. But no, I, I mean, it's definitely something I think about. But I So you also, have a raised level of consciousness. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I think about it. And I, I, can't, I can't say that I give thanks to that animal every single time mm-hmm. for giving their life to me. But, and I feel like hunters... Like people that go duck hunting, people that go, you know, mm-hmm. deer hunting or whatever, they are specifically going out to, you know, capture, you know, that animal. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I guess it, there's less of that level of guilt maybe because the food was, it's already there. Yeah. 
you you've, yeah. you've separated yeah. yourself from, from the from the, the origin it's safe yeah exactly well right. i think that's a that's a survival yeah. mechanism right. that we yeah. have right. in our ingrained and it's right. also societal imprinting yeah exactly. it's, it's culture it's yeah. the way we right. were raised but mm-hmm. but so it goes back to the question like how does it stop i mean if people keep buying the markets are going to keep providing right and well this is why this is why um the big meat and dairy industries are buying up so vegan no they're buying vegan companies oh so like Tyson, no, Tyson is the main investor. Are, oh, so Tyson said, so the CEO of Tyson made a statement saying that, uh, you know, they made a huge investment in Beyond Meat, which just had an IPO. Um, the biggest and, IPO, I think, in, in, in the last, last 10 years. 10 years. Uh, Beyond Meat is a, another company like, like... Oh, Beyond Meat. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so they're kind of like... Another like impossible. They just had an IPO. It was the biggest IPO in the last 10 years. It was like something. $3 billion. No, wow. it was $4.2 billion. Oh, now it's valued over $5 billion. And that just... The IPO was like two weeks ago. Did mm-hmm. you buy stock? I did not buy I'm, stock. I'm kicking myself. <laughs> I, I mean, I was going to, but I was too busy. It's all right. I got stock in this company here. Uh, so I'm, I'm good. Uh, you are anyway. good. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so go ahead. So, um, so I, you know, really, it, the economics are changing. Tyson's mm-hmm. CEO said that, uh, you know, they're investing in plant-based meat alternatives because they believe they're no longer a meat company. He said, we're now a protein company because we think that uh, protein could come more from plants than from animals in the future. So big companies like that are, I can tell you, uh, Nestle is looking very seriously at plant-based. They're rolling out a plant-based burger and uh, they're looking at all kinds of plant-based companies and the conversations that I have heard uh, indicate that they believe that this is the future as well too. Um, it's the same thing with, with um, you know, with Cargill and uh, um, the company that bought uh, Pinnacle Foods, bought Boulder Brands, which bought um, Earth Balance. I mean, it just goes It on. goes on and on. It so private on on equity is going crazy mm-hmm. right now. It's, yeah, in, it's very, very frothy. So to answer your question. Yeah. Yes, when you stop buying meat, the yes. manufacturers follow the money. Right. And if you're switching your diet, even one meal a week, one a day, one a month, that is one less meal that they are going to follow. I mean, that's the same. Look, just look at the, the milk alternative category. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. think about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe you were lucky to find almond milk at Oliver's. Yeah. Right. And right. now that was really a, that was really yeah. it was a and, and now it's it's to be everywhere it's everywhere it's so mainstream. it's changing so it's changing exponentially mm-hmm. because of consumer demand mm-hmm. and right. milk sales have been declining meat uh, consumption is declining in the United States it's it's rising in other parts of the globe but it's it is declining here mm-hmm. it's going to decline even more and then there's just the conscious thing right now animal agriculture takes up fifty percent of all land mass in the United States. And, you know, it, as I think, you know, we should get rid of CAFOs. I mean, we need to get rid of factory farms, but they are concentrated operations. They've taken a lot of animals and put them into a small area. Um, and that makes it more efficient, takes up less land. Imagine if we just took all those cows and now we let them free range, the cows and the pigs. We would have no land left in the United States. 
And if that's the amount of meat we need to raise in this country, if we go to all, you know, what we've got in Sonoma County and Marin County, went to all free range animals, we would have no land left in the United States for anything else. And not they enough food over. to feed anyone, even in, in the, even in the Bay Area. And it would be They're, way too expensive. It's not a solution. It's a solution for one percenters. It's not a solution for for the entire world. And we got we have to think beyond ourselves. We have to think about how do we feed the world if we're going to ensure that we actually have a world. Right. And consumers have to take a stance. Consumers have to actually. Um, Drive the market. Drive the market. There's a, a restaurateur, Ravi De Rossi, in New York, who owns about, who owns, I don't know, a, a dozen or so restaurants. And he went vegan after he had this realization a few years ago. And he's been one by one uh, changing all of his restaurants to vegan restaurants. And they are packed. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that's a thought for the cafe. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. I love it. I'll be there. You know what? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. If somebody opened a vegan restaurant in Sonoma County, a, a nice vegan restaurant, like a, they like would a high, like a nice foodie vegan yeah, restaurant, not yeah. like you know right. sandwiches. And yeah, 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 yeah. You would kill it. Yeah, because there's so many people from LA that don't come here because there's just not it's not a food there's mm-hmm. not a food scene for them here, mm-hmm. and they all want to yeah. enjoy wine country. And, yeah. and the funny thing is, people think, what do vegans eat? They just, they must not be foodies, you know, and I could never be a vegan because I just enjoy food. What you find is that vegans are the biggest foodies in the world because yeah. that's all we ever think about. Yeah. All we right. think about is food. Every yeah, vegan it's just true. thinks about food. And you go to a city, if you go, where I oh, tra- we you know, go to LA, go, I come yeah. back like 80 pounds heavier. Yeah, wherever you go in the world, all vegans think about is, isn't seeing the sites. It's like, where's that vegan restaurant? I want to try this place and this place and this place and this place. You have it all planned just, out on yeah. a spreadsheet. Yeah. You're yeah. like, here's yeah. where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm no, I'm not kidding. Lunch there. It's really- well, it's like when Domaine Carneros yeah. um, put their, um, the, the, the Miyoko's cheese board on their menu, their tasting menu. They had the the whole social media exploded. People were like, oh my God, oh my God, I got to go there. I got to go there. It's like something new and exciting and it opens up a whole new market. But you know, to answer your question, when people say, well, what do you eat? I just tell them I eat birdseed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shuts them down. <laughs> just birdseed. <laughs> when I get Sandra, for me, I, I think about, oh, the Johnsons or the Williams, that the people that are you know raising these animals and they're selling them or they're selling milk or they're selling eggs or cheese or whatever it is. I think you just have to stop worrying about them. You know what I mean? It's, no. They'll figure it what out. What do you mean? I mean that they're going to have to figure it out if... if if like the things, old time ranchers well, and, and just people that are in that industry. I mean, craft was, you know, when organic became a thing, you, you saw the, the big company sort of stand back for a minute to see, okay, is this really going to go or is this going to go? And then as soon as it did, I mean, craft making organic macaroni and cheese, the, the companies will, I don't worry about whoever owns Tyson or the CEO. I'm sure he got a nice bonus last year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's living in a beautiful house. Mm-hmm. What I worry about is small time farmers, mm-hmm. families that mm-hmm. it's like, what are they going to do? Just like coal, coal, coal miners, miners exactly. It's like, oh, we're going to retrain them to, to, to code. No, mm-hmm. no, you're not. But so I mean, many of them are already struggling. I mean, there are more factory, right. there are more family farms going out of business today yeah. than ever in history. And so I see the plant-based industry as being a solution for them mm-hmm. because they can ride the tide. They can actually hop onto this bandwagon 
and turn the corner and start becoming profitable. They have land, they have processing facilities, they could be turned into something else. And I believe that government has, uh, you know, we have to change uh, the tax laws to, to incentivize growing industries rather than dying industries. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think water will play a major role. Yeah. Just water use because, yes. I mean, you have big corporations, if you guys don't know it out there, are buying up water rights, buying up because it's going to be an issue in the future. Mm-hmm. And if those stats that you were talking about earlier with raising the animals, I mean, that's a lot of water. And all of the grain and corn, wheat that is used rye to, to feed those animals as well. You're talking about a huge amount of water. So I think that could be something that would um, definitely influence people. I can tell you that I'm thinking about going vegan for a month to see if I can. Oh, yeah. really? Um, I think I need a couple days to sort of like, you know, clean out the fridge and, and stock and see, because I am completely, I know, I know, I mean, I, I love vegetables. I eat vegetables. I, Mm -hmm. I was raised eating healthy, but as far as your normal routine, I'm going to have to think about how I'm going to execute it, but I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it for a month. You I'm rock. sure Allison can help you. Yes, yeah. I will. Yeah, I will. Ha- we'll, we'll stock your refrigerator mm-hmm. with cheese and yes. butter. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I already took care of that myself. <laughs> Thank you. I have that butter, which I'm excited uh-huh. to. Actually, I'm. I'm, I'm excited about that butter. Yeah. I will go buy that butter. Yeah. I, it tastes. I mean, it tastes really like good. not. It doesn't just taste like some. butter. It tastes like I, good I, butter. I'm, I'm leaving yeah. you guys with yeah. some. Yeah. Um, oh God. I mean, this is plenty. <laughs> well, this is all this share, is, and then we just want you to cook with the other stuff. Yeah, okay. just take all this stuff. Yeah. Home. Okay. Yeah. Just experiment. Well, Make a pizza you. with I mean, the moss. Maybe I'll do it. Tell me when you're going to do it. Maybe I'll do it. But I got. Are you serious? I have to clean out my. Yeah. Well, I might do it with you. And then, Allison, will you talk about this group? That, yeah. Do, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, Sonoma plant-based foodies. I was approached by a lovely um, woman who lives here in Sonoma. Um, her name is Joe Toscana. She moved up here from the South Bay, and um, oh. <laughs> but she was reluctant to actually move to Sonoma because of the lack of you know vegan food options. And she um, contacted me through my website, or not my website, but my um, Facebook page. I do Wine Country Vegan, and she saw that I was vegan, so she thought, oh, you know what? I wonder if there are other vegans around here. So she sort of reached out to a few people that she had met and um, she just wanted to start a women's collective um, of vegan here, women here. And um, there, so we invited Miyoko and there are um, a few other ladies who have joined and we are going to make it our mission to approach restaurants they're coming to see us yeah nice. we are we are coming to see you mm-hmm. on next week we're eating mm-hmm. at your restaurant I, i'm so throwing the fig i'm so, so excited. excited i will be there mm-hmm. to see what we're doing and i think our next one's going to be at layla they don't know this yet but they um i haven't made the reservation but <laughs> cole dickinson this, huh? who's the chef there i don't know if you saw this recently but he did this amazing vegan um pasta dish that they just put on their menu with um, almond ricotta mm-hmm. and wow. oh yeah they're going for it so I'm you know I just think all it takes is just to tip over a few influencers like the ones sitting in front of me here 
and we'll see. and mm-hmm. we'll and you know I think then the trend is just going to follow and so that's our goal is to inspire really yeah. to educate and inspire that it's not hard it, we, you know we don't want to have to make you know the restaurants to go out and have to buy a bunch of food and lose a bunch of margins it's not about that it's actually about capturing a market that they're not capturing right yeah. now right. and teaching it's, them about it's, it it's also about teaching people about pricing because I had a really interesting um, a guest came in and they said um, I'm vegan what can I or vegetarian maybe vegetarian what can I eat and they, we had a couple things that mm-hmm. we could modify she mm-hmm. ended up with the grilled asparagus and it was served with a white anchovy vinaigrette. And so we said, well, we can, the only thing that has any meat or fish would be this vinaigrette. We can substitute a different vinaigrette. She wanted money back mm. because she thought, you know, the value, we took the anchovies out, it should be that much less expensive. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's a general issue in mm-hmm. our country anyway is that people you know they they would rather have quantity over quality you know like mm-hmm. be able to have enough buy enough food mm-hmm. rather than buy really good food mm-hmm. that maybe costs more mm-hmm. yeah I, mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree that that definitely happens but i don't think everyone's that way no no, no i think no no, no. no i yeah. don't think everyone yeah. is either but i mean i think that's going to be that, part of yeah. switching the switch yeah is um, knowing is how to the price conce- things is the conception and pricing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know i mean what other challenges do you see i would love to hear mm-hmm. from you about this like so what are the what are some of the challenges that restaurants would be facing about offering vegan meals well i think I think me versus someone else. So I can only speak for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in business now 22 years. Mm -hmm. We have a very specific um, style Mm -hmm. and theme. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we can edge things in. But our whole motto has been, you know, food tastes really good with butter and cream and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. French technique and... And use the whole animal. And and use Mm -hmm. animals. And, you know, and so we kind of like we call our we call it um, country food with a French passion. Mm -hmm. And that for us, it's been very seasonal cooking seasonal techniques um only serving food that's available in the time that it's available and farming we have a farm but i think that our concept isn't going to change and i think that the clientele of so many people that you know we see a couple hundred thousand people a year that you know i just like during this conversation i'm thinking in my head you know, not that the servers have time to say, oh, by the way, you know, would you eat vegan, you know, or to give me a tally on how many people ask for vegan or vegetarian food during their meal, because our customer will push those changes, right? And finding those changes, how we make them still fit with our concept, Mm -hmm. and still balance. So this is really exciting for me for you to say that because before I went vegan, I had read the entire well this you know the art of French cooking by Julia Child, and my goal was to vegan to ve- to vegetarianize every single dish initially before I was vegan. So I went was going through you it. You did it. I, I was going through and making all these pro- all these dishes that were um, 
Some of them are were vegetarian. They were, you know, they just had right. cheese she, in them. She did yeah, a lot she did of a lot of vegetarian stuff. But I would also take the meat stuff and I would make a meat substitute, which was seitan, and try to veganize that or vegetarianize it. And then I then I veganize a lot of dishes. And it's really simple when you have this butter and you have a heavy cream that you just make out of cashews. It's cashew cream. Mm-hmm. And if you just think about something like you could make like. I make like a cassoulet, which is so easy, you know, with white wine. And then I take uh, king trumpet mushrooms mm-hmm. and I smoke them in my tabletop smoker to give it kind of. And, and you know, I, I don't know if that's traditional or not, but there's just so many things you can do. And you don't even have to tell people it's vegan. It's right. just, it's I just think a, that's you know, the thing. Right. it's just right it's, for us. It just has to it, stay conceptual. That's right. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, um, on theme. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you have a little um, V by it just to say that, you know, well, it's, and we, yeah. you know, but that's where we've started. I mm-hmm. think our Sunday brunch menu has GF, mm-hmm. which a year and a right. half ago, there was no way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I think a little V would probably mm-hmm. be okay. Um, or a notice. I mean, the thing that is going to be really challenging, we make all our own cured meats, our mm-hmm. prosciutto. Oh my God, that would be pancetta. so exciting if you made your own prosciutto or pancetta from from your own seitan. I mean, I, I oh. do that. It's You could make amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. You really can. Mm-hmm. I, it, you would have to really convince me. I'll come and teach you. I'll come and teach you. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that's a huge... No. And our bacon, I mean, I can't even tell you how many pounds of bacon. You yeah. know, like, and us, like, perfecting oh. a perfect bacon Bacon recipe. is so easy. Bacon's There's super so easy. so many ways to make delicious yeah. bacon. Yeah. bacon. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess this is, like, kind of... Yeah. The controversy is, like, you know, you're like, wow, I can make really good bacon... But once you take out the meat, it's just not bacon anymore. Okay, well, let's let, let's think about it this way. Are chefs uh, people of creativity? Without question. Okay, so if they're really, really creative, and if you think outside the box, to me, when I became vegan, it became it was the most exciting challenge mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. to veganize everything, to figure out how to get those same flavors and make the French and Italian dishes that I loved mm-hmm. the most that you grew without up with use, that I grew up with without using any dairy or eggs or or meat at all. And that became I got excited by that challenge to see how far I could take plants to see how I could revolu- how I could redefine the way they're traditionally used and and give it them, you know, and so to me that's that's the art of creativity is right. when you're no longer if you're just thinking like well I can only make bacon from pork from a pig well um, i guess we make duck prosciutto okay duck, duck prosciutto whatever you if okay so you, you see, but if that if that's how you're thinking then you're already in the box you're already in a box you're no longer thinking creatively so this if you think about it this way this is the greatest challenge for a chef I go into restaurants up Lucky here. Lucky I'm not a chef, right? But in yeah, yeah. Sonoma or Napa, <laughs> and I ask for a vegan entree, and I get a plate of grilled vegetables. Right. Right. I'm sorry, that is not creative. Right. I don't want I don't right. want to go into a restaurant right. and pay forty nine dollars for a plate of grilled vegetables. I've had right. that at some of the finest restaurants here. Right. That is just mm-hmm. right. But know, but where that's not creative. No, yeah. I I, yeah. I agree. And like, where do you draw the line for a restaurateur? that isn't necessarily going to change up their concept. Well, and, just just add you know, one option. Just, just, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, we, we can we can do all that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can figure things like that out. But there are going to be people that are like, you know, that's 
we just don't do that. That's not, mm-hmm. we haven't spent our creative motion in that area. We're thinking about, you know, what our creative thing is with pork chops next week or, or whatever it may be. Right. So I think it's not so much, cre- sometimes mm-hmm. it just is about the concept of mm-hmm. what people right. are doing. Like I wouldn't all of a sudden start serving sushi you know, or that someone, would make that would make right, no sense for you to do that. Exactly. No, right. Like if someone said, but right. I would really like sushi today. Um, you just I would don't be, make sushi. I would be like, well, we don't really have sushi. And right. so if someone comes in and says, well, I want a vegan meal today, we can say, well, we now this is mm-hmm. pre mm-hmm. adding something creative. Mm-hmm. But you could say, well, wow, that's not where our focus has been. Mm-hmm, right. And mm-hmm. we can modify all of our dishes and try and create right. something mm-hmm. for you. But when you're doing, you know, a thousand meals in a service, mm-hmm. you don't really want the chef to stop to figure it all out. Right, which right. is why adding something. And yes, I totally, yeah, I totally understand. Add, yeah, we're going yeah. to figure out a way to make it. Because for us, right. I have to find the way to make it as easy as possible so it's not going to stump somebody right. in the middle of service. Oh right. yeah, no. So right. this is this is all about pre-planning, exactly. right? And it's about a change of mindset and just preparing. Exactly. But I think That's there's all. also lack of knowledge. I mean, yeah. most of these restaurants that have concepts, the concepts are rooted in some something like whether it's right. it's, it's Asian or French or mm-hmm. Italian or they're rooted in something. Right. And there is sometimes a lack of awareness of how much actually vegan cuisine existed in those cultures yeah. right. before they became rich. Yeah. So I've done these yeah. these culinary yeah. tours of southern Italy. I did three of them. Oh, that would be fun and, going with you. Mm-hmm. And if you know when I talked to a colon, a, a cooking teacher down there, she said she said, "Oh, you want me to do a vegan cooking class? No problem because, you know, uh, 95% of our our food was vegan until recently anyway." Right. Because of it was called cucina povre or peasant food, right? And so they didn't have the luxury of eating a lot of meat or dairy, and right. so people in Puglia and Cilento and those areas mm-hmm. ate predominantly legumes and vegetables, and they created amazing food. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a woman from Georgia, not Georgia, the the Russia. country, yeah, mm-hmm. and she said that yeah, now it's all meat, 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 meat. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, when you talk to her grandmother, most of the food was vegan. They, I mean, they ate mostly beans and mm-hmm. vegetables and grains, and they have delicious foods made out of thing, you know, eggplant. They've just exploited eggplant mm-hmm. to the max, mm-hmm. and now that it's it's everyone's eating meat, but they certainly did. Her grandmother didn't grow up eating that, right? And so every culture has a history of plant based foods because throughout human history, um, we didn't have the luxury of consuming this much meat and dairy. Mm-hmm. Now. What about the egg? Did it come before the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I was just having this conversation uh, last night with my wife. Yeah. Because uh-huh. not to get into women, you know, women's rights. No. Yeah. It, it could go there really easily. Well, we, we can go there with a dairy industry too. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think I want to know that no, right yeah, now. No. Anyway. But um but no, but I think about like okay, you know, if I eat an egg, it didn't if I had a free range chicken at home that I was never gonna right. you know kill or whatever. What's the problem? Yeah. Yeah, like and their mm-hmm. eggs, it's the natural thing that a chicken would do is yeah. lay an egg 
And so then are we saying that as soon as the egg comes out, it's a living animal? No, it's not really. I wouldn't. That's not the issue. No, that's not the issue. issue? The issue is that that's not sustainable to feed the world. Not everybody can have a chicken in their backyard. So what we're really looking at, if you're really going to be honest with ourselves, is factory farming to make enough eggs to serve at Denny's and you know, Jack in the box and every restaurant in the country and around the world. And then on top of that, you have to kill the male chickens in order to get the females. And so there's a whole other cycle. So so that's, that's the issue is a lot of people who have, most people who have backyard chickens get them from the feed store and the feed store gets their chicks, their baby chicks from uh, basically what's equivalent to puppy mills. Mm -hmm. So they have these egg laying, these, these uh, farms that produce the chicks and they, the chick, the they, the chicks are all on this conveyor belt, and the workers know which ones the males are. So the males are thrown into this big garbage can. They're just suffocated on top of each other, or, or they just automatically go into a grinder and oh, they get ground up alive. Oh. Mm-hmm. Even then, they still miss a few baby uh, males, and so um, oftentimes, um, you know, I, I have a farmed animal sanctuary. I get calls once a week, at least, from people who say, "Oh, I got, you know, I raised." Some chicks um, I got from the feed store. It turns out one of them is a rooster. Can you take the rooster? So there are all these roosters that are up for adoption Why because people. Why can't you have a rooster? Well, you can't in some municipalities. Well, they don't. First of all, they don't oh. lay eggs. They want them for right. laying eggs. But right. also, a lot of municipalities don't allow roosters. Oh, so up here growing. in Sonoma, maybe right. you can. But if you're in a Not suburban setting, you cannot mm-hmm. have a rooster. And so there's just all these roosters that are up. You know, if, if they weren't killed at at the um, the hatchery, which is what they're called, then they're going to be killed along the way somewhere. Um, and then I also get calls from people who say, oh, you know, I have these hens, but they're no longer laying eggs. I need to replace them. Can you take my hens so I can get some new ones? Right. So it's a never-ending cycle mm-hmm. of basically still using animals for our purpose rather than letting them live their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, hens that were res- that were from factory farms. They were in battery cages. And they're... You know, hens can live eight to ten years, but t- typically they're killed at two or three when their egg laying cycle goes. Mm-hmm. They're literally just at hatcheries. They're literally just put into plastic bags and suffocated um, because the egg laying ones don't have enough <laughs> when, meat. When are we starting being vegan? No, I know. It's pretty. It's, yeah. I think there's a there's a comedian that used to do a bit about chickens and and how they're they always look nervous and they're looking around and they're very untrusting. They're very and, smart. And he said. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, their murder rate is almost 100%. (laughs) You'd be nervous and untrustworthy. (laughs) Yeah, they actually have about 35 different sounds. And I, I, because I, yeah, if you, if you're actually attuned to chickens, you understand what they're trying to say. I can tell you an amazing story about a rooster that we had named Barry, who was the smartest, most benevolent rooster in the world. But I had another rooster named Miles who was not so smart or not so nice. And Miles used to attack me. If if Miles came for me, all I had to do was call Barry and Barry would come running and chase Miles away. He (laughs) knew he had to protect me. That's amazing. Um, He was, he was an amazing rooster. Um, And he was actually from a hatchery. Um, It was one Mm -hmm. of these situations where somebody, um, yeah, you missed it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is your sanctuary at your house? It's at, in Nicasio. I do live there. Okay. We're, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Wow. And we have uh, school visitation. We have school field oh, trips, work days, visitation so days. Cute. Yeah. It's called Rancho Compasión. Yeah, I love that. 
this was very fun. So th- there needs to be more conversations like this. Mm-hmm. This is this is exactly what needs to happen, and it needs to happen with other business owners and chefs. I know my chef. I've started the conversation um, with oh, her about go. about um, vegan food, and and some chefs just kind of they just don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Is is the only way I guess I can describe yep. it is they they just sort of oh man I'm vegan now mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, and a lot of them have tattoos of pigs and mm-hmm. with you know how you portion mm-hmm. it out on their arm mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, but like I was saying earlier this morning I've you know I used to walk by the vegan house and kind of peek in the window you guys have opened up the door and said come in and sit down and let's have a chat I, that's exactly what needs to happen and when people start learning more and more and then getting exposed to more and more then you see it's not it's not you trying to be in a social justice warrior necessarily it's it's just and even if you're only doing it for business purposes and i think something that's interesting is sandra i think you can't quantify if you don't have a vegan option on your menu vegans just do their research obviously because right, they know they, they know yeah. what they want to eat so they do the mm-hmm. research before so it's not like you're 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 losing business, but you don't know it. Yes, exactly. Is one of those That's things. exactly right. right. That's exactly so right. It's sort of an interesting... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, well, I think there is a movement for people to listen and hear. Like, I just opened up Himalaya, my new podcast listening thing, yeah. and um, typed in vegan, and there's 260 podcasts that wow. came up. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when are we opening a vegan restaurant, Sandra? I don't Sandra? know. I got I to think that through. <laughs> but I the started, vegan and the fig. I yeah. Did, I, did, I did this the other day and I had um, searched this. Like I was like, okay, let me listen to a couple vegan shows before our show. And I couldn't get past the first couple minutes. Mm. Yeah. So I haven't found one. And that happens with other podcasts too. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. about anything. Mm-hmm. But Can we call it the girl and the pig? Oh, the girl and the pig. Yeah, yeah I like, like her that. little friend, the pig. No, no. your your new restaurant. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, truth be truth be told, um, we were we planned a restaurant called the Girl in the Garden that was going to oh, be vegetarian, huh. and that would have been in Glen Ellen at Jack London. I always learn something new about you, oh, and my I God, thought I, I knew everything. Um, no, there's so much hidden. and what and wait what happened with that well right now it's yeti but it had been for sale and we had looked at it i forget what it was before that but it was a time well because we were gonna we did the girl on the gaucho we did we were gonna do the girl on the deep blue sea i remember Mm. yeah that was out cunning's Mm. wharf road Mm -hmm. i mean there's reasons some of this stuff hasn't happened, mm-hmm. but um, so you guys did sort of take an interest in vegetarianism. John always likes a challenge when you guys got into doing ramen um, right. at your pop-ups. I mean, he got so. No, I've had goes, your. I've had oh, their vegan yeah, the ramen. Vegan it's yeah, he amazing. goes deep down the world. Where's right? Well, we do pop-ups in winter, November through March. We have to go and their ramen. it's amazing. It really is. Mm, and we're yeah. not doing it on the truck this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to, but we're not. So, yeah, a lot to think about. A um, yeah. lot to give our listeners to think about, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I guess um, you're, you're spreading your good word. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're going to see what we can make happen. Great. Awesome. Well, take we ha- care yeah. of the other 16%. 16 <laughs> yeah. we're still 16 yeah well we're starting slow 
No. So I, we'll be ready when it's 40%. Well, we're excited. Exactly. Yeah. Can't wait. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's give people some resources. Um, yes. Good idea. So, you know, c- can I first say, Allison, that I've gotten comments from people in my own life that have listened to the podcast where we had uppercase T. Mm-hmm. And they were shocked and amazed at what they did not know. And um, most of the oh, comments. Oh, my mother, too. Oh, my good. mom is oh, like. Oh, yeah. Most of the she's comments like, were about I don't about know the, if my teas are good now. Well, yeah. I asked you for her address. I'm going to send her a tea set. I know. So. Yeah. Um, but very enlightening because um, now I have. I know people that aren't buying commercial tea anymore Good, because they listen to that show. So Good. thank you. Because they don't want um, pesticides in their tea. Exactly right. And they, ha- they just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, well, because people drink for health, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they think they're um, doing their body good. So um, if, if you want to get really good tea, let's get a little shout out for you. What, oh, what the you. Web, website can they go to? Yeah, they can find me at uppercase tea.com and that's U-P-P-E-R c-a-s-e-t-e-a.com mm-hmm. and learn how to say roibus right? roibus roibus roy driving a bus roy's driving the bus and then um for wine drinkers out there um you can go to barnivore.com if you want to look up um, um wines that are vegan miyoko how can people get a hold of your um line of cheese Let's we're doing a food <laughs> service line soon so we, yes yeah yeah hopefully wow. we'll be in restaurants mm-hmm. soon um but uh what, our products what are you going to do for food service we uh we're going to do a larger butter butter yeah. and and uh we have this really exciting uh, tell me how you think about this because you're a restaurateur we have this new uh mozzarella that we've developed for pizzerias and it's actually in a liquid form you just pour it over the pizza spread it and pop it in the oven it cooks up into this gooey deliciousness does that sound bizarre that sounds so bizarre mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's so easy to use and then it looks like mozzarella yes when it comes and down. it's stretchy mm-hmm. it bubbles and, it's and bubbles and browns like, it's amazing and it's liquid it's liquid yeah mm-hmm. really interesting so, mm-hmm. yeah wow but anyway um but we'll also have our regular cheese. It's just a, it's a new concept. We've uh-huh. been playing around with it. No, we think inter- it's fun. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're we're distributed nationwide in mm-hmm. thousands of stores, so you can find us at, at all nat- most natural food stores, uh, specialty stores like Oliver's. We're at Target. We're at Whole Foods. We're at Sprouts. Uh, we're at Trader Safeway. Joe's. We're at Safeway. Um, we'll be in oh. Costco Bay Area um, in August. Um, so and milk guys, you can buy the can, products. Some a limited products on milkguys.com yeah that's mylkguys.com mm-hmm. if you want to buy some of the specialty products our website is miyokos.com and that's m-i-y-o-k-o-s.com mm-hmm. fantastic and allison are you going to be posting pictures from this dinner that you're going to be having at the girl in the fig oh heck yeah okay okay cool. i want to see what's going on Absolutely. Yeah. Can we get some samples to the chef in case she well, wants to gonna incorporate? Well, we're going to leave him all. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to make Wonderful. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we will have your cheese. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Sure. awesome. Wait, can I take a couple things to my chef? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah. have, yeah, we can you can have the smoked vegan mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the liquid one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we, we, we're, happy to, we're happy to provide you with more. No, too. no, no. This is so stuff. generous. Yeah. If people could see how so. much cheese is on this table, <laughs> you, you can't even imagine. But, well, you will see it because I will post it. I and I love that we're calling it cheese. And Yay. Right. Yay. There we, go. Yay. we 
we got there. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, I've already ta- I've, I've actually already posted a picture on our Instagram account oh, um, of the cheese board. So oh, you're yeah, such yeah, a you good can go take a look at I'm learning from all these um, um, IG influencers that we've been taking care of at the restaurant lately. Oh, good. That's Perfect. the new it's the new thing, the you know. New awesome. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like <laughs> yeah. I'm like allergic to like <laughs> so I think we should tell our listeners that um, if they're enjoying the show, please give us a rating that will help our visual standings. Right. And, you know, I, I always regret to do that. But yes, give us a five star. If you, Don't give us anything but a five yeah, star. Exactly. Just give us a five star rating. Us, no it, news is good news. Yeah. I don't want four or three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just five. Yeah. Just five. Yeah, just five just, or go home. Throw us a bone. If you have nothing good to say, don't don't say anything don't say at all. do it on yeah, twitter right, right. yeah twitter. we don't <laughs> exactly. want to hear it <laughs> yeah, that's perfect um anything else sandra um no but this was so much fun yeah I, um we've got some interesting guests um in the weeks ahead so that's going to be fun i'm gonna hold them for surprise and um okay yeah i thought we gave a little tease if you can if you want okay we were I, i'm just gonna say we were speaking about single thread earlier oh um, nice yes. so Kyle's you might gonna come on oh, might good. see something uh, popping up uh, shortly. Yeah. yeah okay so the vegan yeah. tasting menu yeah. i think it's obligatory that we all go all right. because oh, sandra you want to fun i've only yeah. had the regular menus mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah let's yeah. go let's do it all right we'll have we're to doing plan it, it. We'll, we'll plant a seed. You, you'll plant a seed. I'll plant a seed. Yeah. Oh, metaphorically. Metaphorically. <laughs> the bird seed. <laughs> exactly. The bird seed. Miyoko, well, thank you so much. Show. I can't believe yeah. that I, you yeah. know, it's one of those weird things that you just, it's someone opening the door, shining a light on you. And, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I didn't know what was going on. Um, so just to, just to walk through, I was actually in Oliver's this morning and just to walk down the aisle and say, holy crap. Well, and you asked for the tea, right? Uh, While oh, you were there? Oh, crap. yeah. you. Yeah. No, I, I did not. Thank oh, you yeah. for reminding me. <laughs> it's not already there? What am I? No, yeah. No, it's not there yet. Okay. No. I am buying Rebel um, products now. Everywhere oh, I go, I see the, the cool. Rebel stuff. I love it. It's so yeah. good. Um, yeah. But no, I need to get a hold of some of the tea, and we need to get it in Oliver's and um, Katati, yeah. because now my aunt is very excited about it as well. So, Perfect. And, um, Perfect. Well... Thank you both. Thank yeah. you for, Thank you for making us. the Thank introduction. You. Oh my gosh. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, this is great. Awesome. Thank you so this much. This has been Thank such you. a treat to just have all this mm-hmm. quality time with you guys. So. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. No, Thank you we for appreciate being so it. open-minded. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah. I mean, that. just to even have us yeah. on here is really remarkable. I can't believe yeah. I, like, taste, I, I did taste that. I did like it, actually. Yeah. Oh, good for yeah. you. All right. And it's good. smoky. Yeah, yeah it's it really is smoky. smoky. Yeah. Yeah. Very flavorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, can you tell us again, what are the wineries if people are here visiting that they can go to and they get the um, um, the cheese boards that have the yep. Miyoko's the cheese? Gloria Ferrer. Okay, which and, we're wine club members of, so that's yeah, good. And, and Domaine Carneros. And Domaine Carneros, nice. Yeah, and Very if there good. are any wineries listening. Oh, and Cliff Family. Oh, and Cliff yeah. Family. Yes, yeah. yes, oh, yes. Okay. So yeah. if there are any wineries out there listening to this, um, contact Miyoko's and or myself through winecountryvegan.com and um, we will get you sorted out yeah I think we'll send you samples and whatever but or, right. and if there are any hospitality hotels restaurants mm-hmm. um, get in touch awesome mm-hmm. so you can always go to radiomisfits.com um, search the bike goes on or you can go directly to our website the bike goes on.com Sandra's uh, new favorite uh, 
app launcher. What is it? Your Himala- Himalaya. Himalaya. She just loves the Himalaya. <laughs> you have to share that with me. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we will look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks again for listening. Leave us that five-star rating. Bye.